Ah, you know, our show brought to you by old technology. Yes, there's no technology like old technology, specifically technology from 1990s Japan. We've got VHS players. We've got uh, DVD players. We've got Betamax tapes. And you're listening to the Morning Nerd Talk About Cowboy Bebop. Miles, that is not the best intro I've ever done, but you know what? I don't Certainly even not the care. Worst. How are you, friends? <laughs> Welcome back to your new favorite show. My name is Drew. I've introduced Miles, and we're here to talk about the next four episodes in our saga, our quest to get through Cowboy Bebop. Yes, that wonderful classic animation series that we have loved so much. Yes, uh, and I feel so much better to talk about Bebop this week. Uh, last week, I was very much out of it and very medicated. Um, but the show must go on, as I claimed. <laughs> the show and I mostly just kind of sat there listening to Drew talk and then sometimes putting stuff in because I had no energy. Um, and, and then but, a, a little grumble as it didn't quite hit the noise gate of your microphone. <laughs> yeah, I had no voice either. Um, it was just a small sinus thing. I am much, much better this week and uh, excited to talk about uh, an interesting hodgepodge of episodes. Yeah, this we are in the middle uh, back end of the show. And we have some episodes that are very much like we've talked. Uh, uh, we've talked before on on the show about how every episode is a movie. That kind of uh, that kind of idea, and we are definitely in that where we've got some standalone movies and we've got some sequels. So that uh, is is kind of where we are right now. And let's get into it with one of the most talked about episodes of the show episode 17 mushroom samba uh so this this episode really for me is where the the movie format kind of fails the show i think there's a lot of moving parts and there's a lot of ideas at play and not none of it is really fleshed out and I know we've talked about it in some episodes about how it's cool that we were given so much and so little at the same time. That's not what I'm talking about here. I, I think this is probably one of the loosest conceived, ep- not the loosest conceived, executed episodes where it sounds like they had a really interesting idea and they just never really put their foot in the gas with this one. So, Miles, I want to take you back in time a little bit. Uh, in time 2001-ish 2002-ish not quite sure when I'm at uh, the Carolina Place Mall in Pineville, North Carolina Mm -hmm. I took the escalator on up to the second floor of the mall and I cruise on in to the local Babbage's Uh, Babbage's for those that don't know, was one of the numerous uh, mall based video game stores that would eventually be uh, absorbed by things like Electronics Boutique 
and later GameStop. Mm -hmm. And I'm in there because Babbage's was known for having a little bit of a of an anime section. It is where I got my uh, my Macross keychain that has been on my keys for the entirety of the time that I have had keys to cars and other things. <laughs> uh, I, that 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 place is is one of those things where I spent a lot of time in that particular location and I am. Wow, really wistful about that right now in this moment. But to I mean, it comes to no surprise that like I think the two of us are are quite nostalgic and and love like mid 90s to early 2000s mall culture us nostalgic yeah i know right (laughs) right don't look at the title Um, of this episode (laughs) (laughs) but uh but i say i i set that expectation to talk about uh what happened on one particular night that i was in this babbage's and i'm hanging around i'm looking at games for playstations one and two and computer games and things like that and one of the guys that works there is talking uh to to a a couple of people and i of course you know kind of join in listening to the conversation he's talking about cowboy bebop and how great the show is and he keeps talking about how hilarious a particular episode of the show is and that episode is this one mushroom samba and how it focuses on Ed, this really crazy character that, you know, all, all of this, all of this stuff. It is, about it is this episode. very much an anime episode of this show, this... which sounds weird, but it's a character like Ed. Who basically is very expressive. They stretched, you know, the, the, the chibi facial features a lot that became very synonymous with a lot of anime that was popular in the West in the early 2000s. For sure. This was. Yeah, I mean, I. There's not really a better way to say it is not. It's not a perfect, you know, one to one uh, analogy for what was going on. But when people think about anime, that's what they think about, whether or not it's accurate. It's still what people would think about. This is maybe the most anime episode of this show uh so we'll talk a little bit about the the story for this and then i think there's some stuff that we i don't know miles and i have talked a little bit off air about how we're going to handle this topic and i'm going to handle it poorly so we're just gonna we're just gonna try to to roll on oh boy (laughs) oh boy (laughs) love that confidence going in drew love that confidence yeah oh i'm i'm ready for it man so this whole episode surrounds the the bebop getting hit by a hit and run driver uh, off of the 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 planetoid io which is pretty funny in its own in its own right and they they uh crash uh and and so before this happens i do want to point out that there's a very fun thing that happens at the beginning of this episode where it's the camera is in the center and it's panning around to the focus of the different characters and they're talking. But as other characters talk, you hear them at different points in your like I watch this with headphones on, which makes it more sense. But like it, maybe if you watched it on speakers, it wouldn't. But in headphones, at least you feel the 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 panning around because uh, a character on the side of the camera would like on the left side would you'd hear them out of their left ear, even though they're not on screen. It, it's just it's a fun effect. Uh, and it makes you feel like you're actually sitting in the middle of these characters. It's great. Um, 
I, I wrote down a joke here uh, that, uh, you know, you don't call it a crash landing on Cowboy Bebop. It's just the, the ship playing free jazz. I'm just letting the dead air take over. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, the ship crashes and it is up to Ed to go out and find them help. Um, why it's up to Ed, which is never which is never a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Ed goes out and she gets involved in uh, she gets involved uh, with a character named Domino Walker, uh, who is uh, a. She she is basically a like this episode. We're just, I'm just going to say it right now, Miles. This episode is a an homage and heavily references multiple black exploitation movies. Mm -hmm. uh, Domino being one of them. The character Domino is based off of. Uh, uh, um, oh, I think you're it? mixing up. Coffee is coffee, who uh, coffee right. is based off of. Wait, Domino Walker is the the. Is the, is is the, the mushroom she's hunting. I'm sorry. Yeah. Coffee is her name, and she's based off of coffee. Pam, Greer. Pam Greer's character from the film Coffee. Um, and uh, yeah, sorry, I, I, I made these notes a week ago, Miles. So forgive me if I'm not as fresh on these. It's OK. So, sorry, I was sick. And they and she kind of uh, so Ed kind of goes on an adventure around this planet uh, that involves getting a bunch of hallucinogenic mushrooms, taking them back to, back to the bebop. Everybody on the bebop is starving because they haven't eaten in a long time and they all get extremely high it, it's great like a frog starts talking to to spike about there's a stairway to heaven yeah which which when when the bebop crew is super high it is very funny spike is on the stairway to heaven and just walking walking and talking to to talking to this frog and then a little while later, it shows you what's actually going on. He's not even going up steps. He's just taking he's going back and forth on a single step, which is very, very funny. Well, a great representation about like, how people who are in, in, in some way inebriated, like think something's happening. And, and a lot of movies just do this to great effect. And then you kind of pan out and realize, oh, the, the, absolutely nothing is happening right now. Yeah, I, uh, I, I love that. I feel maybe most sorry for Faye. Because she's in the bathroom when her when her mushrooms yeah. kick in. Yeah. And uh, she finds herself under the sea, surrounded by fish and all of this stuff. And I can't help but uh, worry uh, where Faye has been. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, the crux of the story is, yeah, Ed's Ed's involvement with a I would say an arrangement of characters based off of uh, black exploitation uh, movies. I mean, you've got a uh, one of the bounty hunters claims to be one of the Shaft brothers, which is a clear <laughs> Shaft reference. And then a, another guy is seen. You know, uh, I think it actually is. One it, of the Shaft it, brothers. it is one. Of the, it is Shaft that is doing that. That's uh, dragging a coffin like the character Django in, in the original Spaghetti Western. So there's the, a lot. There's the, a lot the, going and on. So we should say the original Spaghetti Western Django that Tarantino borrowed heavily from to make his Django. 
Yeah, so <clears throat> there is a lot of conversation about and it's it's not really necessarily that Bebop does anything wrong because most of the articles written by people of color have have m- not most often ended the the article with that they don't believe that Watanabe and crew did anything maliciously and in all likelihood that these black exploitations were their only cultural touchstone to to American uh, black culture, which is and, quite probably true based on, you know, right. What and, we and, see. I mean, and that happens when, when you get a, just a, a, a light taste of something is you, you might make something inspired by it, but the people who are, are much more, you know, I would say well-versed, they're going to see that as more of a, <sighs> I guess more of a not a ripoff, but it, it, it's 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 very superficial. Like when, but, so so not a couple of things. Like when Ed meets the bounty hunter coffee based on coffee by Pam Greer. They meet at a stand selling watermelon. Yeah, that's not a great look. That's not a great look. The but so, I, the but the, I also I also wonder. I don't know. If if they would have had the cultural reference for that. Well, you say that, but then in the middle part I'm of just the, saying I don't know. I, I I legit do not know. In the middle part of this episode, Ed is 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 on uh is on this this kind of scooter thing, and this this kind of dope track kicks in. It's a really good track. And I was like, oh yeah, all right. This is pretty good. And I and you, you isolate that track later. And it's a song called Chicken Bone that is all about wanting to give you chicken and eat chicken. And so we've got watermelon and we've got chicken. Yeah, that's not great. Um, it's not great. It is not great. And and throughout this, we are we have we have the principal cast of outside of 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 the, the Bebop cast are all black characters in this. And we've got, you know coffee based on you know a black exploitation character we've got one of the shaft brothers based on 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 a black exploitation character you've got domino walker who is is he he doesn't seem to be based on anybody in particular but you know he's he's growing psychedelic mushrooms and selling them to people i mean that's a little a little bit looser and and throughout this episode all these different things happen and and characters are animated uh you know they're they're not necessarily animated the way that characters are normally animated uh in this show they are drawn slightly more cartoony and the cartoony style fits an ed episode you expect an ed episode to be more cartoony i'm not saying that this was an intentional thing i'm just saying that in 2021 it doesn't land and then at the end of the episode there is a police officer. So, so, so we'll we'll go through the 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 mushrooms uh, are are really are really psychedelic. Valuable. Uh, they're also really valuable. They're really expensive, and the mushroom dealer has two bags, uh, and one of which seems to have the the psychedelic mushrooms in it, and that gets lost in the fight. Although we don't realize at the time that there are two different bags that you know all of this stuff is going on, uh, but and and again. All of the action that happens in this episode is really fun. 
there are there's this this whole train robbery and there's fighting on a train and there's a rocket launcher and all of this stuff happens. And in the the TJ guys show up again, by the way, the freaking TJ that. guys. <laughs> uh, and, and at the end of the episode, uh, the, the you know, Ed gets captures Domino Walker, the, the mushroom dealer, and he convinces her to take the bag of mushrooms because the mushrooms are worth way more than the bounty on his head. And she does it and she takes them back to the bebop crew. And wouldn't you know it, a cop shows up right behind him. It's another black character. The cop at the end is black, but he's drawn more like the rest of the characters. Isn't drawn as cartoonish as the rest of the characters that we've seen in this episode. And it's it's just. Again, it's one of those things where it's like it's it's so. Ah. It just it doesn't sit right with me. And like in 1990, no, 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 I, I get that in 1999, 2001, I don't know that I would have that opinion about this. And again, I, I'm trying to appreciate it, but I can't help but see these these references that have just been. So overdone and so. Out of uh, just just stuff that just doesn't sit right. And it 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 takes this episode that otherwise is perfectly enjoyable and fun. And that's just, just it sits with me to a point where I just can't enjoy it. You know? And, and I, I, I definitely get that. I mean, this, this episode has been discussed a lot within the last, I would say decade. And <clears throat> so there's been a lot of reevaluation of it. And yeah, in, in a modern context, this, this episode doesn't work. Um, but speaking just purely, I think from, I don't think it's as I don't think it's as simple as saying this episode is completely tone deaf. It's that I think there I think there is some 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 cultural ignorance, and yes. I think there was stuff that didn't read the same way as it reads now. Yeah, and that that is something where honestly, watching this episode makes me want to go and watch rewatch Samurai Champloo, which is. If you if you watch this show in space that's based on jazz, Samurai Champloo is based in feudal Japan, based on hip hop. It makes me want to re revisit that show just to see was anything learned. It's it's a good question. I feel I feel like it was because the, one of the topics that come up a lot is that there is a a massive lack of rep- representation of people of color in anime. Uh, specifically main characters. I want to say that Watanabe has learned his lesson because his last show, which was a Netflix original, Carol on Tuesday, does go into a more diverse cast. It talks a little bit more about um, disparity between uh, people in different classes. And so I feel like the lesson, at least over time, has been learned. Carol on Tuesday was excellent. Um, it's a it's a more it's again another musical based show, but this one's an actual musical. And um, so I definitely feel like he's probably learned he's probably also traveled more and yeah. been a little bit more worldly. And, you know, I mean, this 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 is definitely uh, I mean, I'm not, I can't just say, oh, well, this, this it, it, it's it's, you know, wasn't intentional because I don't know that. Oh, and, 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 and people and, who well, see this nothing and have about- a. 
nothing about a it reaction. feels yeah nothing about it feels malicious but that's you know easy for me to say as as right and and just because guy. yeah exactly and so just because even if it wasn't malicious it's still there and i think people still find it um unsatisfying and that's i, I get it i totally get it it's hell this is not even my favorite episode at all i i think it's an interesting conversation because you know we're talking about something that was created around 97 and that i would imagine they were only their their only basis for the this culture was probably the movies they were referring to yeah and so unbeknownst to them they were probably playing off of things that you know, I I just I, yeah I agree with you. I don't think it was intentional, but it doesn't come off right, and it's yeah it's just a a whole different thing. Um, and it's unfortunate because it, it's also an episode that, like I said, it doesn't it has a lot of wacky characters. You know, we see Coffee and Django or not Django uh, Shaft, and um, what's his name Domino Walker, but their story is so. It's so light. It feels it feels like I'm watching an outline or a trailer to something else. Like yeah. you have a cu- a couple of moments of Ed going bah! and kind of Forrest gumping her way through this little adventure, but it feels like there's a lot more story there, and it's it, I think it's something that that where that movie format does kind of fall flat because it seems like they had this kind of idea for, all right, we're going to tell this, this story, this movie, uh, using references to American black exploitation movies that we like, but everything is going to fall flat. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I do want to say to, to kind of talk about the rest of, of the, the episode, the B plot, if you will, with the rest of the, the cast polygon.com interviewed, the main cast of Cowboy Bebop, Steve Bloom, Bob Billingsley, Wendy Lee, and Melissa Fawn, uh, who are our four main characters. They did not interview the dog that played Ayn um, about what their favorite episodes were of the show. And three out of the four mentioned this episode as one of their most fun to record. Uh, I can co- see that because the main cast, they're mostly just having to be on drugs. Yeah, it Steve Bloom says Mushroom Samba was just pure fun from the from beginning to end. It was just really weird. <laughs> and uh Bo Billingsley, uh, who plays Jet, one of my favorite moments in Cowboy Bebop is Mushroom Samba when Jet is talking to his bonsai trees. He's stoned and talking to his bonsai trees and just goes, "Who am I anyway?" And that's a very very fun moment and and hilarious moment in this episode in, in in this 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 entire series jet is talking to his trees as if he's having just this wonderful conversation with all of them and spike is on a stairway to heaven and Faye is is learning about things and and of course and, melissa and fawn eating toilet paper <laughs> and eating toilet paper and and of course melissa fawn this being one of the few ed focused episodes in the show had an absolute blast with this episode and mm-hmm. and and it's important to to i think to to talk about those things and not focus just on the stuff that doesn't work because i i don't know that that's particularly fair but at the same time like i said i i, I this episode is just weird for me because i want to enjoy it, it more it, than i do and i just 
it's like uh, I mean, you know, it, it is weird because there's a lot of uncomfortable things you have to talk about because you know just of what the episode does and and it's not just i'm not saying that they couldn't have used uh motifs for black exploitation characters but when you use so many elements and they may be elements that you just saw in the movie and picked up innocently but sometimes when those things are put together they create something that is for for a lot of people really distasteful like when when officer jeffrey arrests coffee and he takes the watermelon as evidence it's like oh yeah yeah it's rough it's still there um but uh, at, at the end uh, of the episode, uh, just to get back to the plot, it turns out that the the mushrooms that were given to the Bebop crew, uh, Domino Walker gets away again because those mushrooms were just regular shiitake mushrooms. The other bag was the one that had all of the expensive hallucinogenic ones in it. And so now they just get to cook and eat regular mushrooms again. Oh, no. Anyway, Miles, let's they, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I was gonna say and, and from what we, we uh, have gathered, they <laughs> they have those mushrooms for a very long time. But yes, uh, let's let's move forward uh, to speak like a child. Session this 18, one, speak like a child. This one is really neat. Uh, this one's a little more meandering in in a lot of it, but it's got some really, really good chunks. It. lands at the end for me very strongly yes it's it's a fantastic ending it also as as drew said earlier especially watching some of these shows seeing that old school technology drawn in 90s anime form is just so satisfying oh it's so good it's so good 80 or 90s tick anyway uh, that's somebody I also there too. love that it starts off. So they they Jet gets this COD package for Faye and pays the six thousand Wulongs or whatever it is, and he opens it because he's like, "Hey, I paid for it," and and Faye just took off, and it's a it's a, a Betamax tape. Well, he doesn't open it. He wants or to Spike run. Yes, yeah, Spike, yeah, Spike opens it. Jet wants to smartly run tests on it because he's worried about this thing that showed up yeah, on no, their lap. You're right. You're right. Because right. Faye owes a lot of people money. <laughs> yeah, Spike. Spike is the one who who just just rips into it like a child at Christmas, and they find this 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 tape. And I love that Spike doesn't know what he has, but he's still like, you know, uh, pulling out the tape, the the actual tape. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm sitting there like the actual film and I'm like I'm just sitting there like I know he doesn't know what this is but I'm like what are you doing you child uh, like even, even the actual child is like what are you doing <laughs> because that's incorrect <laughs> but what I love about this is if you look at this tape and if you know anything about media formats this ain't no VHS this is a Betamax baby mm-hmm and then we find out five seconds after I'm like, that's not a VHS, that's a Betamax. The guy's like, it's a Betamax. And they they take it. And again, we've also mentioned that I just want to rehit on that. Faye has run off again. She's betting on horses the entire episode. She doesn't know yeah. what's going on uh, because she's distancing herself. Uh, you know, is she gone forever? 
yeah, probably. Who knows? Uh, so but they're they're trying to figure out what what is on this tape because they find out that this tape has gotten sent around to all of these different organizations trying to, to figure it out. Why it lands with them, we don't yet know. And and I don't know that we ever find out. Uh, but, you know, spoiler warning for the end of the show, I guess. So they take it to this old tech place and this guy loves old tech and he is watching this old <laughs> sitcom from- oh it's it's so good because <laughs> this is a, a taped 20th century like take on on the the primetime dramas and then the whatever he's watching ends and it says produced by jason Priestley and shannon doherty <laughs> <laughs> who were the two actors on uh, Beverly Hills 90210 and he's watching a show that like is basically making fun of that because the acting is so like it's so, so wooden bad. and it, oh man I had it was such a delightful little little scene <laughs> it's it's wonderful 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 and uh, um so they're trying to get them to him to to show them this tape and he is geeking out about this is a Betamax tape and he's going through the whole history of VHS versus Betamax. And he doesn't get to the real reason that VHS won. Uh, but uh, that's uh, that's not something for our PG rated podcast to talk about. Um, but anyway, it, it, but he has this great line uh, when <laughs> when it's not working, uh, when when he's trying to get the, the tape to track properly, because, again, it's a it's a tape. You had to adjust tracking. Ah, it's wild uh, that uh, that this line. This is why I hate people who don't know anything. It's just such a stereotypical, uh, stereotypical nerd reaction. I just I don't know. I liked it a lot. Um, but for some reason, when the when the tape isn't working, although we do see this 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 young girl uh, who's taping herself and her friends and and. We don't know who it is exactly, uh, although, you know, if you if you look, you can maybe kind of tell. Um, I mean, it's 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 fairly obvious who it is. It, it's it's very clear, despite the fact that they use a different voice actress for for the younger voice. This is Faye. This is young Faye on this tape. Faye doesn't know this because she's not anywhere around. But Mm -hmm. at this point, Spike and Jet have recognized that they don't they don't ever say it out loud, which, again, is something that I like a lot. Everyone acknowledges that it's Faye. Nobody says anything about it. And, And they don't they don't like hammer the point home. But of course, the tape stops working, maybe because Spike pulled the tape out uh and of course Spike does everything incorrectly like he starts kicking the the, the beta starts player. kicking the betamax players like why would he even do that i don't even know um, we say that but like how many of us like whacked our nintendos when the cartridge wasn't working right and then we blew into the cartridge and <laughs> uh meanwhile um Faye has lost too much money at the the horse track, so she's gone to a dog track, which is, again, one of my favorite lines. Dogs are better than ponies as she starts winning at the dog track. <laughs> uh, while Spike and Jet uh, decide that they need to find another Betamax player to find out what's on this tape, and they track one down to an, an old tech museum. And they're looking at the map and I don't know why the map on Ed's computer is upside down, but it's an upside down map of Japan. 
I don't I don't really have no idea why it's upside down, uh, but I did pause to notice that the museum itself is in Akihabara, which I just thought was a fun little reference to. Uh, you know, just. Just a silly reference. Uh, so. So anyway, Spike and Jet uh, go off to Earth to go to this old tech museum. Um, But this is something, Miles, that I have to talk about because, you know, we live on Earth, you and me. Yes. Um, And it was in the moment that 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 Spike and Jet are going to Earth that I, I had kind of a realization about the show, because to me, if I'm making this show, I am going to talk constantly about the disaster that happened on Earth 50 years ago because I'm from Earth and I live here. And it was right. in it was in this moment that I kind of realized that there there's an absolute reason that no one on this show really makes a big deal out of the disaster that hit Earth. It's because it happened 50 years before they were born. It, right. it, they have no context for what that is. It is it has been a history book text note text or footnote for their entire lives. They don't have any 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 association with the planet as the birthplace of humanity. To them, it's just a place that something happened to and it's a place they don't like. <laughs> and it's a place they don't like. Like I I I I I recall that I think it was Jet who says nothing good nothing good ever happens on earth or something like that in and yeah. the first time we saw that. And it was it's just one of those weird things that again that this is part of the subtlety of the crafting of this show that they make a big deal out of the things that matter to the characters, but they just only not even dance around, they just they they mention it in a way that feels real in talking about this thing. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's something that, that I'm probably making too much of a big deal about it right now, but I really like, it was just, it was literally just them going to a building that made me think about this. And it's like, Oh yeah. Wow. Huh? Well, I mean, cause they're, yeah, you're, you're, you hit the nail on the head that they're, they're not going to talk about it. And I love the fact that the show doesn't drag that out. Like obviously earth is a, is a, a major point in 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 this universe so they they still go there and stuff but it's it's like they're not going to talk about oh what kind of happened there every single time they hit earth you know there, there's there's things that happen all the time that we don't bring up if we go to if we go somewhere yeah I mean, it's you just... know if it every I've, I've been in new york several times since 2001 i don't bring that up every single time i go to new york yeah and that's something that happened in our lifetime <laughs> you yeah. know uh so uh yeah i just i i you know i i don't know why that hit me so weird in that moment and it, it just it, it make it gives it's me a, good world building a, yeah it's great world building honestly uh so jet and and spike go to find this museum which is 28 floors down uh, uh, yeah it's like a 24 sub basement which d- that doesn't make any sense but maybe this is a, a building that was newer yeah, than I anything mean, we've got i don't know but they 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 have some trials and tribulations to get in there but when they get there what do they find miles what do they find vhs player <laughs> old tech that's right they find a bunch of old tech 
and they they fight over which one to uh, to take with them. So they of course take a big a big monitor and they take <laughs> they take something with them. They get it all the way back to the ship. I uh, plug it in that reliable Saney product that they get. And oh nope, Ed Ed pipes in. Of course the tape doesn't fit. That's a VHS. We've got a beta. Uh, but what what do you know? Uh, another delivery uh, delivery craft drops in a Betamax player all of a sudden don't know why uh why these things are happening they're never it's never explained in this episode why these two things get dropped into the bebop's lap other than that they're very expensive on cod but uh and, and also that spike just opens it without a second thought like before jet can even like look up look for it spike's already opening it <laughs> and, and this is where we we get kind of kind of hit with this and and there's a, a b story Faye is is sort of realizing that she's you know she's out of money and she doesn't have anywhere else to go and she's feeling guilty about leaving so suddenly again and decides to go back to the ship and as she goes back to the ship it's while they're in the middle of watching this video that is effectively her a video that, that, that her time capsule, a video that Faye and her friends shot when they were kids, when they were, I, I, I think they were about to go to high school. I, I can't remember the I timing. I think so. Can't remember the timing on that. And, and it's just her and, and the, the, you see these very kind of, kind of sweet moments and you see her, her childhood room and, 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 and all of these little moments and it keeps cutting back to, to Faye uh, and uh, just like close up on her face and close up on her eyes and and just her reactions to watching this. And then it gets to this point and, and Faye's young voice actress is is a voice actress that I that I've heard before. I think it's one of the other Tachikoma voices from uh, mm. from uh, uh, Ghost, Ghost in the, the Shell. Shell. I I want to say it might have been. She might have been one of the the actresses on Tenchi Muyo back in the day that played Sasami. I, I, I'm, you know, we'll we'll worry about that later. But young young Faye or or young person who would become Faye is is basically giving this this speech about how you know sometimes she screws up and sometimes she makes she makes things more difficult for other people. <laughs> kind of a troublemaker in her own regard, although we have no idea why other than her saying that, but, but that, you know, 10 years in the future and they're also very smart. She never mentions her name in this, which is, is mm -hmm. so that we which still excellent. It's excellent. 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 Uh, and, and she says, don't worry me of the future. I'm still, here and i'm still rooting for you and she does a cheer and the cheer at least in the english language dialogue is don't lose don't lose don't lose me don't lose don't lose don't lose me and of course it's in the context of like win lose win lose not like a yeah. loss of something but you're just hit in this moment of this super positive don't lose me and it's cutting back and forth to Faye, who is who has literally lost herself because she can't remember her past. lost lost it, her her past and just 
the tears of of uh, like a tear running like not even tears just a tear running down her face not recognizing or feeling any connection to that and it's just it's it hits so hard it does and i also love how this show will end on this sweet note because like no one's making jokes spike and jet are just watching this as wrapped as the audience themselves because they are they are getting such an intimate peek about someone who who doesn't know who they are and they they realize how valuable what they're watching is to one specific viewer and it's it, it is I've used this term many times throughout our our conversations about Kababilat, but it's an absolute masterstroke. Yes. And it's one of those things that, like, make you want to have other stories set in this universe to, like, kind of answer some of these questions that don't ever really get a ton of answers. But at the same time, it's 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 almost more fun to think about the possibilities than to you know read a a side story novella or you know get a a 28 year or 20 year late ova you know yeah and that's one of the the cool things is until recently there has been nothing other than the show and the movie and technically a ps2 game (laughs) technically um so yeah that I, I feel yeah. like that's where I want to end the talk about this episode. This one just hit yeah, so hit so well. I just I I really really like it's when, funny. When it I mentioned comes... joking. I mentioned joking when we talk about. This. I think I'll go after a Betamax tape at some point. Not realizing what was on that Betamax tape. Not remembering what was on that Betamax tape, and just thinking like this. This is it's a masterstroke. This is great. It, it is, and I think. We talked about this last time, but it just seems that the ones about Faye's background tend to be some of the best episodes. Well, yeah, and because there have only been the two at this point, kind of three, maybe if you count her yeah, introduction. Yeah, three, and but I've I think those have been the, the strong. I mean, I've I've liked all the background episodes, but I, I think the Faye ones just really hit a certain way. <sighs> all right, Miles, let's move on. Episode nineteen. Another episode that I I really, really dig for other reasons. Um, Episode 19, Wild Horses. Thank you for that. The the, the reference is actually for the Rolling Stones (laughs) off of their album, Sticky Fingers. Well, I still count it. Anyway, Wild wild Horses. Uh, features two plots going on at the same time. One, Spike is on a desert planet somewhere <laughs> trying to hitchhike from the ground to a spaceship that is is, is like flying above so him. Good. It's such a great, it's a, such a great love- moment. Um, but meanwhile, on the other side, uh, you have uh, Jet and Faye who are working together to try to 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 nail this this sort of ship piracy ring that is uh, disabling and capturing ships and, and gutting them and sailing them off. Uh, so of course their, their uh, 
their trick fails to capture and their their bait ship runs off. Meanwhile, Spike is trying to get the swordfish, his his the his red uh, sort of fighter that he is flying around in the entire time, trying to get it repaired. Uh, and he's waiting for for somebody to, to come and pick him up. And he is picked up by a character named Miles. <laughs> It's me, <laughs> which I which uh, I should have captured audio for this, but because so many characters in this say things like enough miles and it's like, oh, man, I know I love that character. Um, but uh, <laughs> oh, also that character is another Star Trek reference. Yes. So so Miles is, uh, you know, I don't know that Miles is a Miles O'Brien reference directly. Uh, no, he, he's, he's but not. I, I know he's not. I know he's not. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. S- slow down. Pitter patter. Slow down, chum. I want to I want to introduce the annoying Miles character before I get to the very cool Sid Highwind S character. Uh, Miles, who is a huge baseball fan and is just talking Spike's ear off about baseball as they take this long trip back, uh, via truck back to the, the shop that is going to work on on the swordfish and it's like i feel i felt so much for for spike in that moment but uh but i also have to say i love i love this this moment because they're going through and you see from the top down what look like all of these old aircraft and there's like a gutted Mm -hmm. out hind helicopter and and all of these like real like real and fake looking jets and things like that. And and it just, it's such a cool thing. Cause I love, I love planes. I love spaceships. I love, I love all of that stuff. Um, and we're introduced to the character Doohan, uh, who looks very much like Sid Highwind from final fantasy seven. And of course he's a spaceship engineer named Doohan, which I absolutely <laughs> love because, uh, for folks that don't know, uh, Scotty from star Trek, uh, the the chief engineer of the USS Enterprise NCC one seven zero one no bloody A B C or D even though he was also the chief engineer of the Enterprise A but you know whatever uh, he uh, was played by James Doohan so this is another direct Star Trek reference uh, I- I've lost count of how many we've had at this point I know there have been the three really big there, ones there have have been many which is it's so funny because. You know, we we kind of laughed when he said, oh, I didn't want to, you know, have to be a Star Trek. It's not that he disliked Star Trek. He just did not want to be married to a project because I, th- I feel like all of his projects have been one season efforts. Like, I don't, I don't think Watanabe does multi-season shows, which is which is way more common for for anime producers than than otherwise. But uh, basically, we are now introduced to to sort of the overarching plot. Uh, Doohan needs parts to fix the swordfish and he wants to fix it in his very particular way. Um, but Miles, uh, again, I know it's probably not a Miles O'Brien reference, but I love that the character's name is Miles because it's also an unknowing Star Trek reference in its own right. Um, oh, something happened upstairs. Anyway, uh, but... Miles is younger and he's got his own ideas, but but Doohan doesn't necessarily want to listen to those ideas. And there's a fun little back and forth. But ultimately, they they need a specific part and they go this rare parts dealer. And it turns out, oh, this rare parts dealer is getting 
these pieces from something else. And that's where we get the, the crossover. The bounty that Faye and Jet are hunting are the people that are stealing and like capturing and stripping these ships for parts and selling them, uh, which is a fun thing. Um, yes. And so those characters are that they play into the baseball reference because the pirates are named George, Herman and Ruth, which is the full name of the famous Babe Ruth. <laughs> Um, I wonder why the third one was Ruth and it, I I'm only realizing it in the moment. Ah, I feel so dumb. So this this um, well, Drew probably has the same uh, notes that I, I do, uh, but I was t- looking at the notes from uh, the Cabo wiki and there is a, a footnote about this. It says the trio is uh, of, of pirates is also inspired by the anime Macross for its method of using three different characters to communicate a parody. <laughs> yes um i can i can tell you that but it's not uh it's, it's not the most tasteful uh thing um there are three there are three you, you don't you don't have to say you can just say it, it is from macross yeah it's um, for, it, it, I, it, I, I mentioned that because Drew is a very very big macross fan and Watanabe also worked on macross plus which ironically is the reason why uh spoiler warning next week is going to be a later episode <laughs> <laughs> yes we'll get there um i did i i will tell you off air what the what the three characters that they are referring to in this uh, little moment is um it's That's not fine. from macross plus it's from the original macross but anyway um i figured to to make a long story short about this these these guys are using vi- computer viruses to they hit they hit ships with these harpoons that transmit a virus that causes their systems to just completely flip out and break down and, 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 and all of that. And so it takes spike using a very old pre, uh, a very, very old piece of technology to, to try to, to get around, uh, uh, this because it uses a different way to, a different way to navigate than the way that they normally use to navigate. And it's, it's really kind of cool because it also ties in with radio signals to this baseball game that miles is listening to. And, uh, I'm just going to cut to the point because at the very beginning of this episode, we see this gigantic hanger with a very big dorsal ship fin sticking out of it and two side fins. And you look at that and you're like, Oh man, is that what I think it is? And then Miles mentioning that that the old man wants to get this ancient tub off the ground and I don't know why he wants to do it. And you're looking, it's like, oh, man, is that what I think it is? And yeah, the old man and Miles to save Spike from dying by crashing into the the atmosphere. (laughs) Retrofit and take off in a space shuttle to save him and i love it so much until the shuttle took off and it was the columbia and it's like yeah (laughs) um and for those who who may not know uh the columbia was the space shuttle that was destroyed on re-entry um two years after this episode aired in america so february 1st 2003 um there was a i think a left wing failure or something it, I, that, it was, that contributed to the failure on reentry and uh it, obviously the uh, the seven crewmates uh uh passed yeah. on and yeah. it was a 
big, big disaster. Obviously, they had no idea that that was going to happen. It, it hadn't happened for it would not happen for a couple of years. But I will say the shot of the shuttle taking off with the extra pieces that they have to to, to lift it off using the newer technology that they had in the sake of the show is just it's a beautiful damn shot of of yeah it's, of, it's, of, it's, it's amazing so fantastic uh, absolutely love it and and i love that that they don't show you the end of the episode uh th- so so the shuttle takes off and you see the shuttle grab spike and take him into the you know if if you're familiar with space shuttles which i hope you are uh they have the the, the hat the big hatch at the back that open on the top of it that opens up and and they take the swordfish in and and save spike and and so cool and they end on almost a cliffhanger with we don't know how we're gonna do it and then at the at the beginning of the episode they have shown in Duhan's shop a a big board of all these pictures of different aircraft and and we end the episode with uh with just a pan over and we see a new shot that is this this space shuttle crashed on the ground with with spike miles and Duhan all <laughs> celebrating their 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 landing and uh i it's it i love i love it i love this episode this episode in the grand scheme of things does not mean anything there's no big character development of any of our main characters there's no you know overarching story that happens it's just a ton of fun and it features spaceships and jet planes and things that i like and I, I'm I'm into it. I like this episode a lot. I I think it's a blast. I mean, it. A lot of my favorite episodes don't have to do with the grand scheme of things. Uh, in 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 terms of the the overarching story, uh, sometimes I just love the things that are just so set and lived in this this universe, and it's it's a, it's a blast. I mean, you have everything. You've got. You got Spike being cool and funny for the on Earth stuff. You've got cool like dogfights and space pirates and a crazy awesome rescue flight. I mean, I, I, it's got everything you'd want in a science fiction adventure. It's so I, I yeah, it, it, it's it's a it's a great great episode. Uh, so so moving on to the last episode we have for today. I got to say, this is uh, session 20. Pierre, Pierrot Le Fou. This episode is so different than every other episode we have had so far. It is animated so differently. It is the 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 physics of this episode work differently it is it's so weird we it's it's like this this french noir horror feel to the whole thing the whole thing's in space france and and uh we we're, we which makes sense because uh pierre le fou is a uh a french film by jean-luc godard oh well that makes sense uh so we are open on to this uh these figures that are about to to go into this this place and this car pulls up and and these guards get out and uh we also it also intercuts with Spike who's playing pool at a club called C'est la Vie of course because we're in we're in space France um 
and this figure sort of hovering over the city <laughs> and bouncing around and, and and encounters these people and this is where I think the audio mix in this episode is different miles and I want to know if you felt the same thing it felt to me and again I watched this episode listening via headphones we've had a lot of gunshots on this show mm-hmm. and Gunshots sounded louder in this episode than they have in any other episode. Yeah. Did you clock that would, at all? I, I, or is that I, I in my agree. head? I, I know. I, 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 I can, I can, I can see that. I, I didn't stand out, stand out, but it was something that I noticed. I mean, cause a lot of the, the notes made about this episode seem to really want to compare the inspiration to to for this episode to Batman, and uh, like like the, the the wiki itself says that uh, Tong Pu's character seems to be a mixture of three Batman nemeses: the Penguin in attire, the Joker in mannerisms, and the less popular villain, the Tally Man, in personality, weaponry, and design. Um, Tally Man is not a very well known character. Uh, I'm I not even sure been... I know the Tally Man. <laughs> He he kind of looks as if he was designed by Todd McFarlane in response to Spawn. Uh, the character, I think, came out in like the, the early 90s. So what about, about the Spawn time? I'm sending you a photo now. It looks very much like the Violator. Um, and. Oh, you know, I don't remember this. I remember this cat. Yeah, I think he's only been used like once or twice and maybe like referenced here and there. And I can definitely see that. I mean, there does seem to be kind of a, a Batman TAS feel to this. I can see that in in the way that the, the episode is structured. And I would imagine they would have seen Batman the, the animated series at this point in time. And it's a weird episode because out of all of the episodes that we've watched, the the episode of when I think of Cowboy Bebop, for whatever reason, I specifically remember this episode and Spike in the theme park. And well, I thought I hadn't seen that much of this show. I think I maybe have seen everything except the last two episodes. I know I'm point. in the same way right now. It's it's so wild. It's like, OK, I remember this. I remember this. I remember this. Uh, but uh I do want to get a couple of things because I do want to in this opening moment, I want to just highlight because we've talked about the sound, but the animation of of this 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 top hat wearing tubby bouncing around weirdo weirdo. (laughs) shooting this super long like Tim Burton's Batman Joker at the end of the movie long gun at this at this window and you just see the first shot that just kind of bows in the bulletproof glass and bows in the bulletproof glass and bows in the bulletproof glass and then pierces it. And then it cuts to the person that's trying to hide on the other side. And just the sound work, the audio work of that person getting shot in the head is just, it's jarring. It is like, it is wild. All of this stuff that's going on uh, if sound wise in this in this this opening scene and throughout a lot of this 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 episode, it's really, really, uh, really interesting um, and different uh, than, than what we normally see. And, uh, and of course, Spike uh, wanders out of the pool hall and 
and <laughs> encounters this at which point uh pierre lefeau uh attacks spike and spike uh hides behind a trash can and the trash can blocks all the bullets so way to go trash can i wish they had made the uh gla- the 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 car that the guy died in a second ago at a trash can but they didn't so uh plot armor i guess uh yeah and it's this is this is an odd episode because this guy's not a bounty. He's not really. It, it just it's a, a pure accident because Spike just walks out to get some air after after playing pool, and this happens. Spike ends up surviving the encounter, and Jet talks about you know barely. Yeah, and, and we get we get we get a little bit of a, uh, information about how this guy is this kind of I, boogeyman. I, 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 I want to stop for just a second, Miles. Is Spike ba- Spike is bandaged up on the Bebop, and he looks yeah. exactly like the time he was bandaged up after he uh, <laughs> after he they, they even mentions fought. that it's the second time. <laughs> like even his mouth is bandaged up again. It's like did they just? I wanted to know did they reuse animation for this scene? because they, they might have retraced to. some stuff but because Faye, Faye brings that up um what is interesting is that there is no reason for this story to move any further however spike basically gets a taunt from uh piero and because uh, he keeps calling him boy uh <laughs> and that that's that he just goes off well, to fight him. There's more to it than that because what we find out from Jet's con contact in the ISSP, um, ISSP section thirteen. Oh no, he's not in section thirteen. The section thirteen is the other thing. Anyway, uh, but Jet's contact in the ISSP says that no one has survived an encounter with this, and the people right. that do survive, he goes and hunts them until they don't. So Spike, right. So Spike goes not because he's taunted by him, but because he knows that this there's only two ways that this is going to end, and both of them are going to involve a fight. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like we we get all the information uh, throughout the, this episode of, of basically uh, this this cat that was experimented on. Um, not too different from like the Project MK Ultra stuff. Yeah, yeah. But, but this, this is this is where we get it we get ISSP section 13 which I only mentioned section 13 because it sounds like a ghost in the shell thing which is like this sounds very japanese in a way that uh, mm-hmm. that we don't do we don't and do it's things probably on purpose yeah but uh but ed, but jet jet has been relying on ed a lot in these last few episodes that we have watched which i really like well, kind of the well, he understands ed's value as a tech person yeah i mean that's that's how they ran across ed to begin with uh, so so while all of this is going on, we are treated to this just really interesting, like take on what's going on. So we've got two stories: Spike and and Piero fighting in this Spaceland theme park with with uh, Discount Goofy, and we've got yeah. and we've got Ed investigating ISSP Section Thirteen. And finding all of this stuff with this really, really dope song. It's a good song that plays when Ed is is gotten into to the to the files and has and, and has figured out what they did to this guy to to turn him into this 
this monster basically and uh and we basically figure out from from jet's perspective that this this person was was tortured and abused and turned into this this killing machine but at the at the same time their their mental capacity reverted to that of a child and jet says this thing that's like there's nothing more pure and cruel than a child which is so troubling accurate. a statement <laughs> but accurate at the same time it's mm-hmm. it's really really it's really wild um so so i do d- disagree that i know that they said that they had that he did hunt them down but i think they also kind of mentioned it was mostly kind of on the planet i don't know if we saw that he had actual means of like off-planet transportation uh you know i did i i that's just how it read to me. I didn't know. I mean, the dude can fly, so I wouldn't be surprised. But also, they've got no. He's got no uh, um, mental capacity, and also he's a uh, he's afraid of cats. Um, which is where, yes. which is where the the end of this episode is really, really. There's a huge fight between Spike and Puro throughout all of these. There's roller coasters and there's all this stuff happening. It's all animated right. beautifully. But we learned through the backstory that Puro has triggers when it comes to cats. We saw it at the beginning, but we didn't know why until we get the backstory. And in one moment at the end of the episode, as Puro has been like this stone cold killer the entire time, something, a light flashes over Spike's face and it just hits his eye. And it, for some reason triggers his, his cat sense. And I wondered, is that Spike's fake eye? Is that the eye that we are implied that is fake? Uh, that I, 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 I didn't go back and double check that right as Spike is throwing a knife that he's got, because by the way, Spike is starting to shoot this guy and he's got some sort of force field something. I don't, they never explain why the guy can't be shot, but Spike throws a knife and it lands in the dude's leg. And at that moment, when Piero has been hurt, he just starts crying and sobbing and 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 wailing in pain and calling for its mommy mommy it hurts mommy it hurts while this gigantic parade is going on in the background and it's just it's extremely troubling in the in the way that it's acted in the way that performed in the way that it's animated and then a giant bootleg goofy stomps puro to death And that's the end of the episode. And it's like, wow, that is how we're ending this. What an episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's an interesting episode. Um, It is it is uh, kind of a very plot light episode. It's it's definitely a more of a, a visual adventure and. It's one that I guess I said the the. It's a visual for for a very good reason. It, I, this this episode has stayed in my mind for twenty years. I have long been a fan of of the way this episode looks, and 
like when I think about Cowboy Bebop, I think about this fight scene. And what's interesting to me to me now, and the reason I brought up the fact that Spike didn't have to go fight this guy is I think we're starting to see a little bit something within Spike that is really kind of running towards these deadly situations. Mm. And and both Jet and Faye kind of uh, emote some some worry about about Spike. And I'm I'm wondering, and, and again, I haven't seen the last two episodes, so I don't know what how everything ties together, but I'm wondering if this is actually sowing some seeds for what we're gonna see later down the line. It's interesting. And I guess we're but, not gonna find out for a couple of weeks. No, but it's a it's a very, very good episode, I think. Um, despite the the weirdness of mushroom samba and the complicated uh, the complicated nature of that episode um all, f- all all these episodes were were or at least the other three episodes were top notch oh 100 this is a great run of episodes and it's it's just so interesting that none of these episodes have been extremely overall story focused right these have been these have all been uh, 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 kind of individual silo episodes. And 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 that's something that we're going to have a couple more of these uh, coming up. But we're in the final stretch of the show. There aren't that many episodes left, and we're going to come to a conclusion here very soon. Uh, so with that said, well, let's talk about not as, not, a, not as soon as you think. <laughs> well, not as soon as you think. So next week, the episode is going to be a couple of days late. This is my fault because uh, Fathom Events, which is a, a company that puts out special uh, special showings of different things in movie theaters. Sometimes they're old movies. Sometimes they are special run. Uh, they, they're the people that put out uh, the last couple of Gundam movies that have been in uh, theaters. They they did the for Fathom Events did the the Star Trek: The Next Generation Blu-ray uh, theatrical showing several years ago. Well, next Tuesday, when we normally record these episodes, uh, a little film called Macross Plus is going to be uh, airing right at the time that we record. Uh, and I, uh, apologies, gang, <laughs> I'm going to go watch that because it's yeah. freaking Macross Plus uh, in a movie theater, an official release, which is <laughs> like you guys don't understand how big of a deal this is to me right now. They just released all of the Macross uh, soundtracks, uh, television soundtracks, with the exception of the original series on like Spotify and Apple Music and all of the streaming services stuff is happening and i need to support it uh so well, and i will i will also say they don't often do a fathom event unless it's not guaranteed unless but things are happening things are happening because most times the, these the, the specific a one-day fathom event is typically followed by a blu-ray release very very shortly after now typically it's you know oh watch it here It'll be out in several weeks. That's not going to be the case here, but 
you know, we were talking about a little bit about this uh, before the show. And for those who don't know, uh, Matt Cross is one of Drew's all time favorite franchises in any medium. And it has been in a weird limbo for ever. It's been it's been in a rights limbo because of of the company that created Robotech, which uh, used the first Macross series. It's a long, complicated thing. I don't want to get too much into it, but no, I am choosing I'm I'm choosing to support that on 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 next Tuesday. So the episode next week will not be out until Friday, Friday. Yes. Uh, so uh, so with that said, we are covering three more episodes next week. Yes, we're only doing three. We're doing episode or episode 21, session 21, Boogie Woogie Feng Shui, session 22, Cowboy Funk, and section 23, session 23, not section 23. This ain't Ghost in the Shell. Uh, brain Scratch. Uh, so... Tune in next week, even though it's going to be a little late. It will be there eventualmente. Uh, so, Miles, I think that is where we're going to wrap things up today. How you feeling, buddy? Feeling good. Uh, we're, we're, we're heading towards the end of the show. We're heading towards the end of the year. And that's always exciting. It's it's always weird. Just like I'm having a great time going through Bebop. It is always weird when we do a singular thing for a longer time because we typically don't. Um, that I, no matter how good it is, I start to I start to get a little a, a little fidgety. <laughs> so I am I am looking forward to, to the new year. <laughs> yeah. Um, be, I mean, I, I was like this when we went to Ghost in the Shell, and I've loved Ghost in the Shell. I'm loving Cowboy Bebop. Um, it's just, it's, just, it's, I, it's, sometimes it feels like homework, and it's a lot of, it's a lot of time that we have to spend when there's so much else going on, and it's like, I, I'm I really we loving this. Less episodes, like if we, if we had done a run, like a, like a spinoff show where we did 24 or 26 episodes or 27 episodes, really, that would have been different. But yeah, sometimes cramming in these episodes because I feel like we could easily make an entire episode about some of these singular episodes there's a lot to talk about but you know we're kind of more on cliff notes version because we got we kind of talk about four episodes this week you know yeah um three gives us a little bit more time and i'm excited to i'm excited to to get through this series because it's been an absolute delight and honestly it's been 20 years since I've I've watched this much of it and I've never finished it. So I I'm, I'm so excited to see how this ends. Yeah, we're approaching the, the, the end game, which I'm, I'm excited about, too. Uh, so with that said, let's end the show. Uh, if you would like to get in contact with us, tell us how you're liking Cowboy Bebop. If you're going through it with us or if you, uh, no spoilers, of course, but if you uh, want to talk about your reactions to different episodes. You can find us at the You can tweet to us at the and go to facebook.com slash the And you can email us the at gmail.com. That's the at gmail.com. You can also find some sweet, sweet merch uh, at the more But for now, miles, we're going to end the show as we always do with a rousing, Nerd out. out.